1: Hey everybody, welcome back to another incredible episode of Marketing Trends. I am super excited about who we have in the virtual studio today. Let me tell you a little bit about Tim Hackbart, the chief marketing officer at Del Taco, slash Ironman triathlete, by the way, which I wanna get into because this man is not just a brilliant marketing leader, he's also pushing his body to the limits, bike, swim, run, we'll get into all of that, but just listen to some of the brands that this gentleman has worked with. I mean, he, first of all, he was at Del Taco in the late 90s to the early 2000s. He was the VP of marketing there and then has now boomeranged back to lead marketing for the past couple of years. But he spent time at brands like maybe you've heard of them Johnny Rocket's Restaurant Group. They've taken a lot of my money too. Um, also, BJ's Restaurant still go there quite often here in Austin. He's also spent some time with Pyology Pizzeria, Brand Trip Partners. I mean, check out the background. We talk about someone who understands brand marketing now at the helm of this, you know, 600 plus unit brand at Del Taco over two years, almost three years back in the marketing seat there at Del Taco. But Tim, welcome to Marketing Trends. So happy to have you.
0: Thanks for having me, Jeremy.
1: Super excited. Um, I, you know, there's so much I want to ask you about because you have such deep experience in this world. And. In case anyone's been under a rock and they're unfamiliar with the magic that is the epic burrito, will you please describe Del Taco and some of the specifics of your role there?
0: Sure. So Del Taco is a, a 600 unit brand across the United States. Uh, we started in 1964 in, uh, here in California, oddly, by a gentleman whose last name is Hack Barth. My last name is Hack Bart. We are not related, we think, but who knows, but I'm not in the will. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, and he's still alive today. He's a great guy. And the other funny part about it is that he started Del Taco in January of 1964. And I was born in January of 1964. Is that scary or what? Kind of made to be.
1: <laughs> wow. I want to get a little bit of understanding of just like the beginning of marketing for you. I saw that, you know, your LinkedIn goes back to the late eighties. I saw account executive at Goodrich Broadcasting but I want to understand you got into account executive and things like that. But where did like marketing come onto your radar? What was that first? Because obviously something grabs your attention and you've been dancing in that world since. But what was the genesis of marketing for you? What happened? Was it a brand? Was it just a random opportunity? Where did it start for Tim?
0: Well, I'd say genesis was just that, you know, I was a kid who watched a lot of TV when I was young. (laughs) And for some reason, always loved. Advertising jingles and things like that, and was really interested in it. But my first real marketing job happened while I was in college, uh, in my junior year. And so, in my junior year, I um, uh, I ran out of money at the end of the day. Um, and so, what I would do is, generally, I would work my my behind off all summer long and make enough money so I didn't have to work while I was going to school, and I could just have fun and you know study and those kind of things, right? Well, that junior year, I didn't study so much and there was a lot more lift on the having fun part and burned through my cash. So I went down to uh, the UC to look for a job. Those days, just three by five cards on the, on the bulletin board. And uh, there was a job at the local pizza hut in my college town. And it said, local store marketing person, 12 hours a week, minimum wage. And I walked four blocks down the road And I got an interview on the spot and walked out with the job. And I was going to be the local store marketing person for the Pizza Hut. Red roof, like dine-in and everything, right? Salad bar, but also delivery going out the back door and everything. Uh, And that's where I got my start. And um, and I got way into it because I thought, well, I'm going to graduate in theory in a couple of years hey, I should do something here, right? So I have something on the resume. It's like, oh, I actually did work. And you know, there's some success and things like you know stories I can tell. So I got way into it. And the guy owned 36 Pizza Huts, the franchisee. And we took ours from number 12 uh, to number two in his portfolio in two years.
1: Wow. Okay. Can you share some of the marketing things you were involved in in those early days? What are some of the stuff you learned and, and got to do? Clearly it worked because you climbed up revenue. So- Yeah. What were some of the things you did in the early days?
0: The one I really think is kind of funny is uh, um, I I kind of went to a party school. Okay. (laughs) And um, on the Sunday before finals, annually, every single year, there's a thing called Mayfest, kind of like a like a mini Woodstock out in a farmer's field. And literally, you could bring your own kegs out in the field with you. And there was no food. There was no food service. It was just like literally in a farmer's field, like eight bad college bands and 10,000 people. (laughs) Okay. Wow. So I'd gone to this course and uh, thought, oh, you know, there's never any food out there. Everybody's drinking and there might be some other herbs flowing around and that people getting hungry. And so I went to the organizers and I said, hey, I'll give you five cents on the dollar if you let me come out there and sell pizza. And they said, yeah, cool, dude. You know, they're like any kind of cash. Right. So I got my health permit. I rented a tent. Uh, We had two trucks that we had radios for that we could shuttle back and forth and everything and um, sold $5,000 worth of pizza that day by the slice.
1: Wow. Okay. I mean, incredible to think that you saw the opportunity and then just walking down the road, literally walking into your destiny, into marketing, into this world that would take you to some interesting brands and interesting places. And obviously we talked about that. It's not your first time marketing at Del Taco. From 99 to 2003, you were the VP of marketing, and I imagine that a lot has changed since your first tenure with the company. What boomeranged you back? What brought you back to Del Taco?
0: So I left for a while, and then I came back, but in the background. So John Capasola, who um, most recently left us, but he was our CEO for many, many years, Um, But he started as being the um, the head of marketing at Del Taco in about 2000, I want to say nine, something like that. And and I owned an advertising agency at the time and they were in really bad shape, like five CEOs in five years and, you know, that kind of just churn and bad sales and everything else like that. So he was digging back into finding, you know, hey, where was some success that happened with this brand? And we knocked it out of the park in the four years that I was there. Every metric you can think of, uh, same store sales, EBITDA, profitability, right? food cost, just everything. All the numbers were record setting, right? So he literally called me one day at my, at my agency and said, hey, can I come talk to you, right? He, and he walked in and, uh, and he had this stack of paper like this thick. And he's like, yeah, I've been doing all this analysis on what you guys did back then. And I'm like, well, that's about a thousand more sheets of paper than we did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so he had this whole thing. And, and we and so we kind of started, you know, this like, you know, kind of friendship and colleague thing and everything. And um, later on, a number of years later, when I started uh, uh, my brand consulting firm or restaurant consulting firm he would bring me in to work on large strategic projects for them. And those strategic projects were either something that were just like, they didn't have domain expertise for, or they just couldn't get to it because they were busy, whoever was in that area. So for about five or six years, I worked at Del Taco in some way, shape or form all the time, right? Working on these big projects, okay? So, for example, uh, most recently, you may have seen Fresh Flex, which is our new building design, and and there's a lot that goes into it. That's a project that I got in 2018 to help the company figure out what their objectives were, what their path was, find the right design firms, what's the strategy that we're trying to accomplish here, right, Uh, and help them get through that process to the other side. That's a really good example of something that I would have worked on for them. So we just got to know each other. So it, it was like a five to six year interview.
1: Wow, so so aside from menu items and many more locations, what was like the biggest difference that you noticed with the company after being away for, was it almost 20 years?
0: I was gone for 17 years.
1: Okay, yeah, so what was the biggest difference you noticed now, like kind of outside looking back in again after being away for that long?
0: One thing that didn't change was on my first day back, they walked me down to the office, it was the same office I left 17 years before. Wow. And it had the same artwork and the same furniture. Welcome back. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. But I would say what changed and, and what was still great for being there was that what changed was the company was a little more was much more strategic and thinking about where they were going, how they were going there, a lot more planning. Um, and that was really good. What was also really good is they had not lost or they had probably brought back the entrepreneurial spirit that we had when we were there. Because we had private ownership, the owner of our company, who was my boss, the CEO, you know, he was very aggressive, and he he you know he really wanted to win the game, and he didn't want to play it by other people's rules.
1: Wow. Okay. So that's interesting. I mean, and to think like again, this is a story I have not come across yet. It's so unique in that you had so much time away to cultivate even more you know skill, ability, understanding, and then to come back in when the world is changing a lot. I mean, you know, we're. We're now in 2022, where it's just such an interesting landscape to be a marketing leader and to be relevant now.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, it was a it was a really interesting time away, because you know I worked on other brands where you know I was head of marketing, but then through my consulting work uh, with my with my restaurant consulting firm and then also with my advertising agency. By the time I came back to Del Taco, I'd worked on 25 different restaurant chains around the world. And they were everything from fast food, fast casual, family dining, casual dining, big box, polished casual dining, right? All over the board, you know, everything from a little place, um, a small smoothie company, a couple hundred square feet uh, to, you know, a 12,000 square foot big, you know, BJ's restaurant or something like that, right? With brewery.
1: In March of 22, I saw that Del Taco was acquired by Jack in the Box. It, It was reported that, quote, Jack in the Box and Del Taco stand to benefit from a stronger financial model, gaining greater scale to invest in digital and technology capabilities and unit growth for both brands. I love this partnership because both of these brands, uh, I gave a lot of my money to both these brands uh, in college and after college. (laughs) So I was excited to live near both of them. Does this partnership mean that Del Taco, largely centered in California and the Western states, will be expanding into new territories?
0: Well, we already were. So that was one of the things that, that was attractive to Jack in the Box is that it wasn't a regional brand that was stuck in their region and hadn't proven that they can succeed outside, okay? So, so that's one of the reasons they were, one of the many reasons, right? That they were very interested in it. Then number two, there were markets that they were quite large in where we could be inserted into that market uh, and be another opportunity for that franchise owner that's already developing that market. In a lot of cases, some of these franchise owners on the Jack in the Box side have already developed their market out. They don't have a lot more room to do more Jack in the Boxes, and Jack in the Box wasn't really interested in letting them, you know, do another fast food brand. So this allows that growth for those franchise owners uh, because sometimes they're in, you know, second, third generation by this point. Because uh, Jack in the Box has been a, is a brand that's been around for a really long time as well, right? So lots of really good opportunities for for everybody all the way around, uh, where they can they can really grow our brand in other areas. But we already had a really nice growth uh, happening in the southeast, so they're pretty excited about that. Uh, we assigned quite a few uh, agreements um, just before the uh, acquisition.
1: Obviously, like you have such perspective on on these types of brands and these types of you know categories, as you mentioned. What was one thing that stuck out to you as exciting with the Jack in the Box partnership? Was there, what did you love about what they were doing or had done? What it kind of excited you being the, the marketing and brand leader now at Del Taco, having this really cool opportunity to be a part of this acquisition? What, ex- what lit you up? Because you have a different perspective.
0: I think it kind of goes back to that question you asked earlier, what was, how was Del Taco different when I came back many years later? And the thing that I, that I said that I really enjoyed was that that entrepreneurial spirit was back. And that's when Del Taco does really well. When we have that entrepreneurial thing going on, when we have a little attitude, we have a little edge for the brand, that's when we do very well in the marketplace. Jack in the Box has that too. So that culture of being able to take some risks, stand out, have a little bit of attitude in the marketplace, be a different brand, that's ingrained in their culture, that's ingrained in our culture, and that's a great fit. Sometimes what can happen is you can get acquired by a company that's exceptionally conservative, they'll water the brand down and then it's not successful, right? Because it's, it's, it's a different culture now and, and it's a different brand and customers really like the other thing. So we have very, very complimentary challenger brand attitudes in our culture and in our marketing.
1: So it seems like certainly in recent past, like Del Taco, like to me has always like seemed very West Coast, right? And I moved out to LA, I left Louisiana, moved out to LA. And like, that's when Del Taco became like dear and dear to my heart. It's obviously a big presence there. Do you anticipate, you know, more regional changes as the company expands as in, you know, different decor to match like a region's aesthetic, unique food offerings to kind of cater to local tastes, things like that, as you guys continue to grow and expand in different parts of the country?
0: Well, the good news is we have a very broad menu. It's a it's quite a gigantic menu in a lot of cases. It is, it is, it is. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of hard for you not to find something you like. A good example, though, on a regional basis over the past couple of years is, of course, the crispy chicken explosion with sandwiches and that type of thing. And and we came out with crispy chicken tacos. Uh, and for our southeast uh, locations, they had a much better and higher mix than we did on the west coast because it's like. It's kind of like if you bread anything and fry it, they'll eat it there. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. So, you know, there's some things like that. I'm not sure if we'll have like, you know, regional menu pieces, but certainly one of the things that we're really focused on right now is how do we enter a market and how do we explain who we are before we even open the restaurant? We have an entirely new marketing initiative and creative and everything else like that that we're launching for the first time in these new markets. To really set up ahead of time. This is what the brand is about. This is why it's different. Number one question, of course, if someone sees a uh, fast food Mexican place with a drive through they want to know why it's different than Taco Bell. So we're just going to answer that question for them right out of the gate and get it over with, you know, and take them on a new journey.
1: Is that leading into kind of the rebrand? And I'd love to get into some of that Del Taco, Better Mex. Talk about that. To me, you're starting to answer that question right there. You're, you're going right in and answering the question, but talk about that, that new voice, and that's really exciting.
0: Yeah. So we, we really call it a combined solution. So when we talk about combined solutions, that means that it, it's not just marketing, it's operations, it's marketing. It's how we, how we interact with the community. It's how we interact with our internal employees, right? So it's all of that. So we really take a look at the entire business. And when we talk about BetterMex, we really talk about how are we going to continually get better? Because that's kind of who we are at the end of the day, is we just sit around thinking about how we're going to get better all the time. But there's some values inside of our organization, and it's called pride. And at the end of it, the, the E stands for elevate. When I came back to the company, I noticed that on people's email signatures and in their presentations and trainings and things like that, they always gravitated and utilized Elevate. And, and so one of the pieces of this is in that combined solution, how do we really uh, set up a brand and a culture that helps people elevate not only um, uh, internally, but also in our communities? So, it's, so it's, it's pretty interesting how this all works, right? So when we move into a new market, we want to talk about BetterMex. Uh, There are very ingrained things in the way of uh, how we do food at Del Taco that's different than Taco Bell. And that's that we actually cook. And so we do these really, really simple things. We actually make we're a fast food restaurant and we make guacamole from scratch all day. We make pico de gallo from scratch all day. We freshly grill our chicken. We freshly grill our steak. We actually put a pot on a burner and cook the beans from scratch. We have 40-pound blocks of cheddar cheese that we shred in the restaurant. It doesn't come in pre-shred with cellulose on it or anything like that. All this stuff is actually happening in a fast food restaurant. Hasn't been the best story told. So we're we're, we're definitely doing a great job now at um, uh, really honing in on what's the best way to tell those stories. Simple so everybody gets them.
1: That's good. That's what I'm telling, I share with my friends who aren't on the bandwagon yet, if just because they'll start to do the comparison with Taco Bell. I'm like, let me just... Time out just before you say that that word, it's the quality like if you just give Del taco a shot, there's a serious distinction in terms of quality, and to me like that's so important now, and I love that you're leaning hard into that story and of course we're you know we're heading into an interesting time with the economic headwinds, right we're talking to a lot of brand marketers and marketing leaders like yourself who are having to do more with less you know they they see where the world's headed, they see what's what's happening and I'm curious to hear kind of how you, of course, you've been in the game a long time, like you've seen the ups and downs in the economy. You've been a part of all these, you know, these different times in our world where things have shifted. What are you kind of doing to lean into efficiency, to lean into, hey, doing more with less, right? And being more productive with less because I see where it's headed. It's certainly going to impact, you know, uh, Del Taco and every brand. But what's your kind of thoughts there? And what are you doing to prioritize efficiency and cost savings and things like that?
0: Well, I'm not necessarily sure that we're doing more with less. I think what we're doing is we're getting smarter with what's available. Right. So so one of the things you see is AIs coming into the program. We're working with that right now, and the opportunity for us to utilize AI to take your order is phenomenal. And what we're finding in the early stages is that the customer likes it better, and we like it better. When AI is taking your order, the crew can spend all their time making food for you and making sure everything's accurate, getting it done right. It's so much easier for them. For the customer, the order accuracy has gone through the roof, so it's really, really accurate now, and customers are getting exactly what they want. and that person taking the order, an uh, AI person, is friendly every single time.
1: Wow, exactly. yeah
0: <laughs> the consistency of the experience is phenomenal, your accuracy is phenomenal, our crews are happier. It's very interesting that you know that that's happening. so, so that's a really, really efficient, but that's actually something we're doing more, not less of, right? If you kind of think, think of it that way. Less is, if I think of something that's less at, uh, in our places, that would be simplifying our processes to have, again, more order accuracy, better product quality, things like that. We're doing a lot around that um, op simplification, menu simplification, so we can just be better every day. Again, our whole our whole process here, our whole culture is about getting better every day.
1: I would imagine that Del Taco has done probably a pretty decent job in terms of like first party data, just because there's so many people engaging with this brand in different ways. Now we're into a world where cookies are, you're changing, disappearing, they're shifting, customer data platforms are becoming topics. And I'm curious kind of how you and the brand are leaning into data and personalization. and Are you positioned well for kind of where the world's headed there? Do you feel like some of the moves that were made in the past really did that? I've seen a lot of brands that already were collecting a lot of 1st party data. And so they're, they're positioned well to engage with their audience. How's Del Taco feeling about that? We're on a new track on that.
0: So we relaunched our mobile app. And then with the mobile app, we launched an entirely new loyalty platform, an entirely new system. So we're really getting sort of into the good thick of it at this point in time. It's only been about a year. And really, at the end of the day, you need to kind of build up that membership to a pretty good size to make it be material where you can actually move sales, you know, affect things that happen. Uh, We're finally getting to that point after year, because when we, when you dump your mobile app, uh, you have to start all over again. So basically when we came back in with our new system of app and loyalty platform, we had zero members.
1: Wow. So you got
0: to build it all back. (laughs)
1: <laughs> what are some of the things that you're doing experimentally to engage with with customers like you know i feel like you're in such a category it's interesting of like thinking about like how will we be engaging with brands like del taco into five years right it's so interesting you said ai taking orders there's so much happening in the space are there other things that you're experimenting with in terms of engaging with the audience and your customers or things you're thinking about Is there like a team of kind of innovators that are future focused and working on that sort of thing or what's been happening in kind of the future realm of Del Taco?
0: We sort of have two things. We have marketing tech uh, working on things and then we also have uh, an ops innovation team. Those two groups work together all the time. Uh, So the folks that are working on AI are working with our marketing technology team to see if there's any synergies or what can work together there. Certainly when, you know, in the future, You may have a situation with AI and they may notice a license plate. And then if you opt into certain things, then that may uh, automatically know that you have rewards available. And maybe the AI says to you, hey, you've got free guacamole. Would you like to put that on there? Those types of things, right? That's all developing right now. You know, brands like McDonald's, of course, way, way ahead of us. Um, So we tend to follow uh, in those footsteps. We're not the creators of all of that because we just can't afford that in a 600 unit brand, but we're making sure everybody's really connected uh, so that if those opportunities are available, we can make that happen. One example of how that's happening right now for, for the customer is we are getting reasonably close now uh, to working with our third party delivery partners so that when a, an order is ready, we've been putting lockers in, a, in quite a few of our locations. Okay. When that order goes into that locker, it'll immediately tell that driver that it's ready for them. And that's going to cut down the wait time for the driver so they can get the order and get it to the customer faster. So the customer's going to win. The driver's going to win. The drivers don't uh, come in to the restaurant and bother everybody or go through the drive through, that kind of thing. They'll just know right where to go and right when it's ready, and they'll be notified inside of their driver app.
1: Wow. That's epic. see you're telling me these things I'm like I already I made sure to eat lunch before we talked to him. I was like, I gotta eat before because I know I'm gonna be hungry and I didn't need enough because I know where I'm going after this conversation So yeah um, I need a locker a del taco with my name on it. <laughs> um,
0: but some other things that are that are kind of fun coming up um, just just in a fun way uh, will be the first brand that I know of They'll be launching um, badges uh, kind of like you know if you're on Strava, or Garmin, or your Fitbit badges that you get; those types of things uh, will be one of the first brands, if not the first brand in the industry, to to launch that. A little gamification, a little fun for the customer, right? It's just not transactional, and they'll be able to share those badges on social media. Uh, so, so some fun stuff coming up on that too.
1: Any new interesting like partnerships with brands, like? retail brands or other brands that are, yeah, just curious stuff like those new partnerships that are being explored too about where the Del Taco presence can be where they weren't before.
0: We have one coming up that we'll be really promoting. It, it was funny. We were doing it and, and I didn't even know about it. Um, and I was in a meeting. I'm like, oh, that's an ingredient in this product? You're kidding me. How come we haven't told anybody about that, right? Coming up uh, in a month and a half, that type of thing. Um, it'll be all about uh, our fish tacos. Better beer makes better fish tacos because they're beer battered tacos. And that's our partnership with, uh, Sam Adams.
1: That's a good partnership. Wow. I didn't know that either. Golly. Okay.
0: And then I happen to know the, the, uh, uh, Dave Berwick, uh, president at at, uh, Boston beer and like, Hey Dave, what do you think? You okay with this? (laughs) He's like, that sounds great, Tim. (laughs) Nice. That's
1: good. Benefits (laughs) of that connection. That's fantastic.
0: It's a good connection to have. Yeah. That's going to roll out. Um, we think we have found our way to do some celebrity partnerships.
1: Good. Okay.
0: You know, we can't do the, the BTSs and, and all those folks of the world. We can't afford that. Uh, but we think we've found uh, some really great people to work with, working on kind of the first contract for that. And what we're looking for is we're looking for folks that have street cred and food cred. So you have to have somebody that actually has some food cred. Not just we're going to make a sauce around your personality, but you either you 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 own a couple of restaurants, you own um, uh, you you made a cookbook, you know something where you have food cred as a celebrity, and then street cred you got like us, right? You're you're kind of a challenger celebrity, you know that kind of thing, right? That's who we're looking for to partner with, and we think we found uh, a couple of the first folks. Like I said, I think we've got one great one that we're working through the contracts with right now. And then we'll be able to partner with them on some really cool food products.
1: Is there a big interest in like TikTok and some of these platforms as people spending a lot of time as Del Taco venturing into that and in a big way? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. You know, today, when you think about, you know, partnerships, you need to think about all forms of entertainment. Uh, And certainly those forms of entertainment uh, in many cases are much larger than other forms of entertainment these days, the old school ones. Right. So we're looking across the board right now.
1: One of Del Taco's interesting qualities, many, is that it is how it goes beyond like the usual trappings of like fast Mexican food, right? It includes things like burgers and chicken and, you know, other quick service staples. So when planning a menu or like a new item launch, is there ever a concern about like introducing items that might be off brand a bit?
0: It's always a concern. And as you push the envelope of innovation, it becomes a bigger concern. But I gotta say, over the last two years or so. I can't believe some of the things that work. We've been doing a lot with beverage over the last couple of years. Who would have thought that Del Taco would have been able to successfully sell drinks with boba in it? One of our best things that we've done so far, and they're called called poppers drinks, right? And we did one last year, very successful. It had desert pear syrup in it. It made it look purple and it had kiwi boba in it. Huge seller. How did that get in our restaurant? (laughs) You know, it's great. And we had a, we have a person who's on our new product development team and she brought that to the party and we did some uh, concept testing around it. Then we did some actual restaurant testing and people love it. And we've even taken the boba and put it into shakes. We have popper shakes. So you get a little shake and you're drinking this, you know, um, uh, vanilla shake. And all of a sudden, boom, you get this burst of blueberry, really cool experience. And nobody's doing that.
1: Del Taco has, has started, you mentioned this, like to rebrand their locations with this fresh flex redesign. Why is this idea of freshness so vital? Well,
0: it's a defining difference uh, for, for our brand. So if you think of Chipotle, everybody knows everything's made fresh there. Everything is really great. They're, they're, they're hitting it out of the park these days, of course. And they've really kind of gotten back to their roots as you know, just a, really, a brand that's really all about the food and making really great fresh uh, ingredients and product. Our primary competitor does not do that. And so you can get a really, a really great fresh product from us. You can get it through the drive through and you can get it at a very affordable rate. So our menu strategy is built around what we call the barbell menu. And on one side of the barbell, it's called better value. Okay, And we're always going to have really, really great value for us. So for example, right now, uh, we are the last great value menu left. They're just like aren't any, you know, Uh, and we have a value menu of 20 items for under $2 and those just aren't cheap, cheap items. Like you can come and you can get a freshly grilled chicken street taco It's called tacos del carbon, right? With fresh guacamole on it for under two bucks. Like where can you get that? That's an amazing deal. You can get a bean and cheese burrito, and we make those beans from scratch, and we shred that uh, cheddar cheese from scratch. It's almost half a pound, and you can get that thing for under $2. Fresh, fresh, fresh. That's really spectacular value, right? Fresh, quality, yet great great price. On the other end of the uh, barbell, uh, we're going to have better quality, and that's going to be big burritos like you talked about, the epic fresh guacamole burrito. Big fan. Right. That burrito, every single ingredient in it from the guacamole uh, to the to the chicken or steak to the um, uh, fresh pico de gallo and everything else like that. Every single ingredient in there is fresh made in our restaurant, which is very rare. And it's and it's a fast casual style size burrito. Right. And right now, if you go to fast casual style burrito and you go to one of those places and you want guacamole on it, you're going to be about 12 bucks for that burrito. My burrito is going to be well under, well under $10 and you get it quick and it's a great product. So that's kind of how we play the game, better quality on one side, uh, better value on the other side, but the better value has quality built into it as well. That's very differentiating.
1: Do you see Del Taco as, and admittedly I'm not in the space, but like just curious about your, your perspective here. Like, do you see Del Taco as a competitor for fast food customers or is it shifting towards this kind of burgeoning fast casual category?
0: We definitely see ourselves as fast food. There's no doubt about that. We have very fast drive-throughs and our price points are very affordable. That puts us completely into fast food. Where I think you see lines blurring is fast casual is starting to try to figure out like, how can I do this faster like fast food does? So that's why you see Chipotle. I think Panera is opening up with more kind of Chipotle lanes as well. Uh, and you're seeing more and more and more of that. You're seeing that come down into a quicker, faster convenience for the consumer. We're already there. So we're just making sure our quality is known by everybody uh, and we should be good.
1: I interviewed Steve Robinson, who was the, the former CMO at Chick-fil-A and a really interesting uh, executive. And, and he talked about how a lot, a lot of like, what they did was they would look at other fast food restaurants and they would do the opposite you know and they would they really kind of draw the line of like okay let's see what everybody else is doing and then let's let's shift and obviously you know they they've continued to do well and I'm curious about like kind of your perspective there because you can certainly look at the McDonald's and look at the Taco Bells and look at all the other really you know the bigger large fast food brands and take a page out of you know some of the success and I also I can tell you're an innovator and you're also thinking like how can we how can we be this fresh flex? Like, how can we still be the better option in that, in that world? And how do you look at that? Because like you have a lot of successful brands in the category, Del Taco, is it there? But it's also kind of at an interesting intersection of like, it also can do new things and interesting things. Like, how do you kind of view that?
0: Well, that's exactly what we always want to do. Anytime we're looking at anything, it's like, okay, how is this different than the, than the competitors? How does it set us apart? In some cases, you know, you want some efficiencies that are like everybody else or on the forefront, but certainly we want to be very, very different um, because that's why you're going to come to me. How are we going to do that with our product? How are we going to do that with service? How are we going to do that with the building? How are we going to do that with technology and convenience? Fresh Flex is very much about convenience. Uh, What you'll see in how we originally designed that, we actually have a design with three drive-through lanes on it. So there's one that has, a lot of people are familiar with the Y lane that merges at McDonald's Okay, Uh, we have a version that has a Y lane that merges, but then also has a has another lane on the other side. And that other lane on the other side uh, is would be dedicated for third party delivery and mobile orders. So the idea there is that in the future, you don't talk to a speaker box. You're making it on your phone. I think at the end of the day, we're going to talk to our car, right? We're just going to talk to the car. This is what I want. This is where I want it from. And you're going to drive through drive through lane and get it. Yep. (laughs) And I don't know why that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Please, let's go. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm, I'm very disappointed in that from from a personal standpoint. I just uh, tell my car what food I want, drive through the drive through lane, not hand anybody any payment, get out the other side, and I got my food. That's all I want. That's it. So Jeremy, like, how you know anybody? Because that's that's what
1: needs to happen. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> how do you collect customer feedback? Like with with data privacy becoming this rising trend, are there any challenges that you're facing with data collection?
0: For customer feedback, no. Um, we're in a really good place on that. We innovated, um, gosh, pretty, pretty close to right at the beginning of the pandemic. We're able to do a couple different things. Uh, let's talk about new product tests. What I'm able to do is we create stickers. And those stickers will be affixed to the packaging uh, one by one. Uh, so I make you a drink like the boba drinks that we just talked about. And we put a sticker on the, uh, on the cup. And it has a QR code on it that says, or on the sticker, hey, tell us about this new product. We want to know what your feedback is. You hit it with the QR code and you give us real-time feedback. If you are a loyalty member and you have come in and made a purchase, whether you made it from your mobile phone or you purchased it and then you scanned for your points, I know you ordered that product. And I will shoot you in real time within an hour a survey to take and tell us how you like that product. So I'm getting real time information on all these new product tests we do immediately, and we have a live link set up. So I don't have to. We don't have to wait for our consumer insights department to roll up some deck or anything else like that in a report. Anybody can log into it anytime to see how it's going. Wow! So real real time stuff. In a fresh flush situation, we can also trigger surveys to see how they like that environment. Uh, as well. Because we know if they purchased, whether well, it was an eat in so, okay, oh, they purchased something, you know, and they're eating in the restaurant, there's a new, you know, interior design, I can ask that question of that individual. Or I can ask the person who went through the drive through Or I can ask the person who picked something up from the pickup locker. Because we already have the technology right now for our own mobile app uh, for pickup lockers that will tell you when it's in the locker. That's already done. Right. So I know that person's purchased it, I can ask them about that experience immediately.
1: Okay. I'm hearing a lot from other marketing leaders, you know, there's always talk about customer experience and that's always been high in the priorities for marketing leaders like yourself. I'm also hearing a lot about employee experience, right? We're living in a world now where retaining employees is a big deal. Working remote and virtually and kind of collaboration looks a little different and I'm curious now look, you've been in the game a long time, you know, you you know what it takes to nurture a team and grow a team. Evolve a team. How are you creating good culture within your teams now? And what are you doing to kind of inspire employees across the Del Taco brand?
0: So across the Del Taco brand, we certainly have put a lot more in place uh, for our crew members. Retaining employees is exceptionally important. We're very fortunate that we have a really good long-term employee base that are running our restaurants. We have a lower than average turnover. Uh, For our crew members, which is really good. Very happy about that as well. It can always do better. But certainly we've had to increase pay, uh, increase benefits. In some cases, we had benefits that people didn't know about, like a lot of people didn't know that we had for our managers and up reimbursement for college. Uh, Recently kind of reminded everybody that that's available. Mental health is a big thing with mental health benefits and kind of so on and so forth. So there's a lot of like new programs and then also um, reminding them of things that maybe they forgot about or didn't know about and kind of bringing those more to light. And that's been really great. The work remote from, say, the corporate office, that's been very, very interesting. My favorite person to talk about on that one is actually Darren, the CEO of Jack in the Box. He's a great guy. He literally got the job after the pandemic started. What timing? What timing? And he actually like likes to know people, and couldn't really get to meet them in person. Right? Couldn't shake a hand like a CEO would want to do. You know, so really, really tough. If you, I'm kind of putting the shoe on the other foot here. A lot of people think, oh, it's you know, kind of tough for the folks that had to go home and everything else. Kinda, think of the CEO actually. You know, they they actually want to have this really incredibly, really cool culture. It's tough, tougher to do, but I would say our particular company, we did very well through it. It is a little different. Uh, I will go. We do go to the office a little bit now and things like that, and um, I'll see people. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> Never met them before, right? <laughs> I've you know hired employees uh, uh, around the country, and all of a sudden they you know finally show up for a meeting two months later, and oh okay, that's what you look like, you know, (laughs) kind of a thing. And and we get to know each other. It's just really strange, but we've all, you know, it's kind of how we work now. I felt for the younger employees uh, when we all had to scatter because, you know, I I do okay. I got a house. I got a couple of rooms in my house. They're in a one bedroom apartment with a wife and a small child. Where are they going to go work? That was a tough environment. Uh, for them to work in. And some, of course, are still working in that environment today. Um, but boy, wow, how tough is that?
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, that's yeah. It's, it's interesting to see the evolution of kind of where, where we're headed, you know, with that and, and to see how brands like Del Taco and others are like doubling down on the employee experience is really key. It's also encouraging. You know, it also says something about the brand when people are still staying, they're staying through it, they're staying longer. And that's encouraging. Let's close out with just kind of telling me what's next for the Del Taco brand. Where do you see this epic brand in the next year?
0: Well, over the next year, it really has all to do with uh, Del Taco Bettermex and taking this brand on a new journey uh, and and taking our customers along with us. Um, They'll be learning a lot more about why Del Taco is better and how that's a benefit to them. I think one of the things I'm most excited about inside of BetterMax is for the first time, our company is really going to get into a more philanthropic situation. Uh, so we're creating a new 501c3 that's called, uh, the, uh, uh, called Dell for Better. And so the reason it's four is because there's mainly four different areas and it's based on Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. How do you help someone rise, right? How do you help get them to what they call their self-actualization So we have four primary areas that we're going to focus on in our communities for Dell for Better. Uh, Number one is uh, shelter. You need a nice, safe place to live. Number two is food. Everybody's got to be able to eat. We're a company that sells food. Kind of a natural there. Number three is education. You really don't rise to your full actualization unless you have opportunities for education. And then number four is health. You don't do anything without good mental, physical health. Those are the four different areas that we're going to be supporting uh, and that'll be the first time that the company has launched a uh, structured uh, philanthropic direction. And it fits right into you know, what, what we're really trying to do. Better for our employees, better for uh, our communities.
1: That's awesome. I, I love that new focus. That's exciting. I'll be paying attention to that. Tim, this has been exceptional. I knew this was going to happen. I'm like, we're already—it's already been an hour. I'm like, I need another hour with Tim. There's so much more we can talk about. But thank you so much for being on Marketing Trends. We appreciate it. I know our audience of CMOs and, and VPs of marketing will certainly be tuning into this across the Fortune 500. But really, really cool to connect with you. Wishing you and the whole Del Taco team the best in the next year. And thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy.